listening to With Horses in Mind, the podcast that will not only discuss practical aspects of horsemanship, but will also dive deep into the intersection between horse and human psychology. We will explore how an understanding of both can enhance your horsemanship, build confidence and trust in your horse-human partnership, and might just help with your humanship as well. I'm your co-host Nina Fisher and I'm here with horse listener extraordinaire Carlos Tabenaberi. So one of our other listeners had a question around how to catch or how to approach horses but in their case they didn't really feel like her dynamics were an issue. Um, but they just couldn't catch their own horse. So I guess, yeah, to start off with, could you give our listeners a bit of a list of reasons as to why a horse might be hard to catch or approach just based on what you've noticed from working with lots of different horse rider partnerships? So one of the, well, first one that come in mind probably, again, goes back to the leadership. So let's say lack of leadership or, confusing leadership with the horse you know so that's why we have to be pretty steady on our leadership you can't sort of be you know nice and calm one day and then hurried and forceful the next day because that's gonna that could be a reason number one two um just getting the horse out when when say when it's just to work him like you know in someone which is grab a horse they don't do any groundwork whatsoever there's no the ground will remember that is that ground control establishing leadership you establishing you putting the horse on follow mode as i said that's what ground will release about but also gives you an opportunity when you're grooming the horse before you start your you saddle up or your session there's a bit of that bonding time i don't brush a horse for mud or dirt is more i brush him with my hands and that's that's part of that bonding part you can say where you're not actually bringing the horse saddle up jump on no ground or ride him horse is sweaty put him back in the pasture so that could be a reason why the horse is you know overworked Sometimes not necessarily overworked, is uh, overlooked, I would call it. Just grab the horse, do what you want, and then put him back. So you're, you're overlooking the needs of the horse. So that's one thing. Um, is the horse could be, there, you know, because the horse got an injury you have not picked up, is the horse could be lame, have soreness. So they would avoid you just to, to um, yeah, just to let you know that the something's not right. So I assume now that you're talking about a horse that maybe in the past, was good to catch or um so that could be another reason uh you know putting the horse again maybe horse dynamics where we had a horse that was easy to catch and then introduce him to a new herd and he kind of gets pushed out or um not necessarily bully horses don't bully each other but they speak in order so that could be one thing you know um i'll give you an interesting story it was uh, many years ago a lady couldn't catch a horse all of a sudden so I cannot catch a horse. The horse was actually at somebody else's property. She was adjusting at someone else's property. I knew the horse really well because I started the horse on the saddle. It was very timid to start, but nice gypsy cob and he was like quiet um came around really, really nice, you know, beautiful horse. But by nature he was like a little bit more like a shy type of horse. He wouldn't shy anything. He was really brave and will do anything you everything you want. Very polite. But with other horses be a little bit timid. So this horse was actually here. She said, I can't become, I can't catch him. I've been going there for three days. Runs around. 
And uh, I knew the reason. The, this is the, the funny story because um, I asked the lady that when the horse was adjusted and I said to her, what's, what's he like? And, and then she was actually blind. I mean, this is ridiculous, but that Heme was pregnant because of that gelding. And saying, and I said, it's a gelding, it's not a stallion. So, so she just had it for this horse. And I actually said to the owner of the horse or the care of the horse, I said, we need to get the horse out. We're going to bring him to my place. I'm going to let him loose in the pasture and I'll see if I can catch him. And I had no problem whatsoever. So the horse actually, the person was just like, had it. I, I, we can say without going into like, we're not talking snowflakes and rainbows, but the energy of the place was so bad that the horse was actually not getting caught. And she said, but wouldn't he be get caught? And I say, if he if he's easy to catch, then how would you know that he's not he's stressing in this place? You gotta get him out. So she got him out of somewhere else, and never had a problem to catch a horse again. So sometimes the influence of the human, not so much the the herd. Does that make sense? Yeah, or the environment. Yeah, just this lady did not like this horse for whatever reason. Oh, he's everything. There was a, something wrong with the place. The fence was dangling. It was him. Maybe it was you know so guilty. So he was guilty before actually. Uh, had to prove his innocence kind of thing, you know? So, yeah. uh, and, and I knew the horse well. So I said, move him, get him out, put him somewhere else. And she never had a problem again. So that was an example where the human had an influence on that horse and not being able to be caught. She's yelling at him, who knows what's going on behind closed doors. So so that, that was one thing, sort of just the environment wasn't right. And I can probably think of like a couple more that are really human specific. So I think sometimes our own mindset can play a really big part, like, even whether I like a horse or don't like a horse or whether I've got an agenda that I want to get through um, because it changes our whole body language and how we do things and the horses are so aware of that that they would know that there's something off or something's up or, you know, even when you have to worm them sometimes or give them an injection because you already kind of have that in your mind, they know that you're being a bit sneaky or you're trying to do something that maybe they don't want to do so they can pick up on that. Well, the horses are survival depends on the environment. You can see when with weather changes, the horses might run around before the big storm comes, so they they can you know they sort of very tune into the they plugged into the environment, which we we are not. So the human usually unplugs them. So imagine a, like a power cord, and then we pull it out all the time. So we need to reconnect. You know, we need we do the same, reconnect with the horse, but. Science, I'm not going to get into the science of it, but, you know, I like to follow the, with the science behind things too, you know. So some of the research that I, great people send me that I know where, you know, we got a, like I said, we got energy field around ourselves, you know. And, and I think I talked to you last time I was there, where I think briefly would have discussed it with you, where some people might be familiar. So you got, sort of extends out of your body about six feet out of your body with the horses, about something like five meters out of the horse's body, that energy. So imagine these two, conflicting bubbles of energy coming so and it's the same when we go somewhere or you're walking down a dark alley somewhere and you see someone that you go just gives me the creeps just, gives me the creeps well that's kind of that energy within that person projects so so i think you have to be mindful of that that because i can be like say we can be really so oh, there's nothing wrong with me and i'm you had a really bad day and really angry you can talk yourself saying that you're not, or you can tell me, or I can tell you, but the energy you carry with you anyway. So I'm an, I'm not sensitive by the horse wheel because the horse depends on that sensibility to survive. So um, I've seen that growing up with mountain lions on one side of the lake and there'll be horses on the other side. So the horse will be looking at the mountain lion, drinking water on the other side, 
Now, because I know the horse will drink water, check. You see D do that a lot as well. Um, but they're constantly reading that, not only the body language of that mountain lion, but also the energy of the mountain lion when it starts to creep and crawl, you know, like sort of crawl and stuff like that. The intention. The intention. So, but there's also an energy that is created with that. So your intention has to be um, clear, good. And I said, maybe that's, guess that's where you come in, you know, with some of the work that you do where I can ask you now. So I said, well, how can people then, uh, without going off topic, you know, can, can, is there any exercises people can do? to actually not to empty the cup a little yeah i think it starts by having awareness of that and i think that's where most people fall down and that's why the horses give us so such good feedback and i know even for myself you know sometimes i think i'm pretty calm and empty minded but then i walk up to um, my little mare and she's a really good one for that and she'll squeal and run off so i know that when she does that i wasn't quite as well grounded as I thought I was and I need to take a step back and think about that but say yeah so it starts by even just checking in with yourself you know how is your body moving how are you walking and um, I work with a lot of people with chronic pain so sometimes you know even emotionally they might be quite feeling quite good but because of their chronic pain their body is stiff and a bit jerky and the horses also pick up on that so check in with your mind check in with your body and then maybe take a pause and really consciously try and let go of some of those thoughts. And maybe what I can do for our listeners is record a couple of guided exercises that they could listen to that talks you through some of the strategies that you can use. But it really starts by acknowledging, you know, what's going on, checking in with yourself, taking a few deep breaths, focusing on that, and then re-expanding your focus out to all the things that are going on around you and viewing those with a really open, non-judgmental mindset. Yeah, that's the key. They also, you know, that would be great for people to do that, and I look forward to listening to it myself. Um, and also, yeah, on, on, the, on that as well, you know, it doesn't mean that you have to be paranoid. I mean, do not be paranoid because you're projecting the same thing. Yeah. And, and that's what I said. Don't always, you know, I think the biggest obstacle between horse and people is the what ifs. Like, yeah. you know, I talk about it in my book. And if you remember where you better say you do because you read it apparently. So, so um, where I talk about what if, you know, oh, what if, you know, and what if is something is it hasn't happened yet. So I was, I was just instead of having what if, just go there with an empty cup, empty mind, and then like almost like a sense state, and then just go, oh, that just happened. How do I deal with it? Versus going, what about if I can't catch my horse? I wonder if it's going to run off. But you're already putting it out there. And your body language changes. So then the horse will go, yeah, obviously you're not here to catch me. I'm here to run. So you just causing me to run. So is the horse hard to catch or are you causing the horse to run away from you or move away from you? That's a question. Yeah, and I think that's a question we, like every person needs to ask themselves in that situation. Yeah, so don't go, don't be paranoid. If you say sore back or whatever, the horse would know if they, they will base, they're going to look that you look different. That shouldn't a horse cause to run away because you, you're limping or anything like that. The problem is when you're limping and then you're already thinking that the horse is going to be caught. And so I would say go with our ego because that's, that's probably the biggest part. We just go there. Like if my horses have come to me, which is great. But there are days that they come 20 meters and they go, well, you walk to me. 
And that's fair enough. So I, I, make, I, I talk in the book as well. So I just go and walk to the horse because I don't expect them always to run to me. Um, but they don't, they don't run away from me. And, and so, but if I went, gee, I've been away, I haven't seen my horses for a while. I hope that I can go on. They're watching me from 100 meters away. I hope that when I get close to them, they're not going to run off. And I'm already projecting that as I get there, it's going to happen. So I just go. I'm going to there meet my horse, as I say, not catch my horse. And then let's say that horse or any horse here decided to trot off. I'd go, oh, well, that just happened. What am I going to do? Okay, I'm going to move him. I'm going to get him. I'm going to put a bit of energy on my rope or to get that horse moving a little bit more until he stops and faces up. Then I, I walk zigzag towards that horse, two eyes. I want the horse to look at me with two eyes. If the horse stands on its side and I know that's looking at me with one eye and the other eye escaping, it's 100% likely that the horse is going to then run off again. So you, you want the horse to every face up. And as a face up, you walk in a zigzag because, you know, humans, lions, tigers, everything, we go on a straight line for the kill. So horses go always find comfort in turn. So you just kind of zigzag your way around, extend your hand, let the horse sniff your hand and then go from there. If the horse moves away, when you're like a meter or two away, off you go. You just get him moving a little bit more, but don't follow them. Like, let him let him go, and then you go zigzag again until they face up, and you approach the same way. Don't don't keep on going behind the tail, literally, and following them becomes a game. Um, but that that kind of takes you into the catching in itself. And also, I think it's like you you just made a really good point around the expectation, you know, like we don't always have to expect horses to come running straight towards us or, you know, it's okay for them to also sometimes be a little bit more hesitant or only walk a couple of metres towards us. That doesn't mean we're bad horsemen or horsewomen or horse people. Um, but I think people often have maybe the wrong idea about that too, or they get upset about that then. I think I think it's the pressure that the industry or social media put, you know, because you always see videos, it's either people falling off horses on social media or people doing really nice things. So then is that pressure, I don't want to fall off of those people, but then I can't do what they do. But so people don't show you the real thing though, you know, the process. And this is what we're trying to do through training. And through this podcast, it's showing you a process, not, it's not the end result, you know, but, you know, so, but it won't cause a disaster either. So you just got to make sure you follow good advice, like I say, and if things don't work out, it's okay. I mean, there's nothing, nothing is planned, you know, like, so you, you go with a plan of saying, I got to go and meet my horse because my goal today is to ride my horse. But let's say that horse for whatever reason that we explained earlier. You can't all of a sudden decide to run away from you. You go, okay, that's great. That's a lesson in itself that presents itself. My thing is like this. When, if that happens, I go, that's good. As bad as it looks, I go, that's good. Why? Either I have to work on my skill, skill up, or convince that horse that I'm actually not as bad as I look. Or I have to convince that horse that, no, respect is respect. I respect you. You're going to follow my lead. I don't follow you. You follow me. That's how it works. And that's what I was saying. If a horse has to run away, you go, off you go. But, you know, if you've got a horse that is trauma, traumatized horse, well, maybe you wouldn't chuck it on a big paddock to start anyway, because you haven't had that reassurance or bond. I'm working with a few wild stallions, Brumbies, sort of doing a bit of work for a sanctuary. And then 
that's what it, nobody could touch a horse. Everyone went with a big stick just for protection. And I went there and I said, what is the first thing this horse, he never been halted before, never been touched. What is the first thing the horse is going to see? Not a stick, no, not a stick to protection and to keep distance. You're going to see a halter. And I took the halter on my arm. Wasn't intended, of course, to even think about putting on him. But the horse touched me twice by doing that approach of getting zigzagging. And the horse, every time I took two steps, the horse would come forward towards me. And it's really nice that within like 30 minutes, that horse was coming to sniff my hand, which nobody had been able to touch him. But when everyone got close enough to the horse, within, say, a few meters, they went with a stick, a long stick, just in case they had to hit the horse because for protection. So you can see how you can wreck. So my intentions with the horse were really good. And of course, I got to be aware that the horse is a stallion and I don't know his history and he'd been trapped and he could see a human as a threat. But my actions, my mind was calm. And I would say, well, I, I'm not here to touch him or anything. He can touch me first. And he did. And if in that session in itself, he didn't even get close to me, but just if I stopped, that was a win anyway. I just to prove the horse that I'm not a threat. So... So kind of taking sometimes even the smaller wins as well. And, and it's how you look at things, isn't it? Because you can look at that as a disappointment and go, oh, I didn't get to catch them. Or you could look at it as an opportunity and just a process and you go through it and it'll sort itself out. I want to mention, you know, you mentioned sending the horse away. And I think I just want to be really clear for our listeners that when you do that, you don't do that with an angry or aggressive mindset because I've seen a lot of different ways of driving horses or you know sending them yeah, yeah. when I'm saying send them away it's like let's say you walk to the horse and the horse looks at you and when you within say I don't know 10 15 meters the horse turns around and he goes no nah. and he starts to walk away by sending them away I just am I smooch or I take I got my halter with me always because I thought well, obviously that was the point to try to hold the horse so I might throw the rope on the ground. I go, no, I don't want you to walk. I want you to trot. So the horse trots off. Then the horse will turn around, look at you. We go back zigzag. You get within a few meters. The horse goes, no, I'm going to trot off now. You go, oh, I put enough energy on the rope. Dude. Now we can go and canter now. And you've seen me doing that at your place. All of a sudden, you know, they go from, from a walk, turns into a trot when they're not doing the right thing, then turns into a canter, and then eventually they gallop, and then they go, here is a commodity. You're my best friend. Just, it's all right. I get it. But... Never, there's no anger behind it whatsoever. Yeah, and I think that's the hard part, though, or the, the that's probably the bigger challenge for us humans, right? Is to in that moment go, all right, then this is the process, but not be angry about it or work through that anger so that you don't feel angry as you're doing it. But how about instead you change your mind to say, well, that's good that it's not happening. Instead of saying, this is really bad, the horse is taking the mickey out of me, I'm a bad horsewoman or bad horseman, whatever. Why don't you say, That's, this is good. It's an opportunity to to work on this. Because God forbid, you know, if you're riding a horse on the trail and you come off, and the, do you want the horse to bolt like 40 kilometers somewhere? Or do you want him to hang around you? Well, hopefully stay. Yeah, because the helicopter will probably see you from the top. We'll see the horse before they see the human, right? So... I hope it never happens, but if it happens, I want my horse to be there by my side. You know, I don't want the horse to run away. So, but if I haven't established that in the paddy, well, guess what? The horse is going to bolt. Bolting is one of the reasons why the horse goes into self-preservation and it runs home. 
I think too, because um, I, I read some research uh, recently around horses being able to um, recognize like people's facial expressions and remembering the state they were in. So like if they saw a person with an angry face, the next time that person approached, like they left with a very angry mindset and face, the horse recognized and remembered that for the next interaction. So say if we go through this, this driving process and we're really angry and then we finally get to call, catch the horse and we're still feeling pretty upset about, you know, how dare this horse just ran around for half an hour, they're going to remember that for next time too. Listening to me and I need to get your attention. And if I said, Nina, I need to, I need you to listen to me. And there's no anger behind it. Now, if you start yelling, you're going to shut off, right? So yes, I'll talk about the same thing. I would, you know, that you're talking about facial expression and yeah, scientifically it's been proven. I always said the tone doesn't match. And I've, you heard me say this a million times when people go, I've seen them in even at Olympic level or high level competitors when they, the horse does really not say they're jumping, they knocked a few fences and they pat him on the neck really hard and they go, good boy. And the tone doesn't, and the pat on the horse doesn't match your words. And the horse knows that you can't, you can't fool him. So. Sending away is knowing it's not me, no different to me. I said, okay, well, if you're not listening to me, I'm going to get you to do something more difficult, you know, like, so that's how the herd works. You do something harder. You don't, they make them work. You know, they don't go with anger and go, and people, this is the, where they confuse where when a horse kicks another horse, I think his anger is the horse that got kicked is because he's not actually reading the horse that he's telling him to move away and watch my bubble and my space and look at the pecking order right here where I am. And they're going to push it and push the boundaries. And that's, so when people see a horse double barrel on another, that's really mean, that's really bad. There's a lot of anger. But two seconds later, you see the horse's ease forward and it's over. Where a human will come home and tell the partner and tell the whole neighborhood and go online and troll somebody and go, oh, this person is this and that, you know, and, and whatever. Where horses, they don't, they don't have that. They just they dump it and leave it. And I think we got to be, when you go on the horse, you got to go into horse world. You have this what makes a horseman and a horsewoman is that you don't go on there just as a human in itself. You just half of each, you know, so you just got to go there with a mindset of, well, if this doesn't work out, it's good. It means that I have to work on it. Just, I mean, I, I mean, I hope, I hope that kind of helps. That's my attitude. Otherwise I would have gone crazy all the years going, well, horses don't like me because nobody brings me a horse that does all the right things. So. And I think the good news for people is that people can be like that too, because from like a biochemical point of view, emotions are actually only last for a very short period of time without going into the details of what chemicals and how long exactly, but they're moments of emotion. And the problem with people or humans is that we keep stewing and regenerating those emotions. So rather than playing it out, you know, being done with it in the moment, like a horse would that kicked and then is over it, we keep winding ourselves up usually. And so we are guilty of that. But when it comes to horses, I'm, I don't do, I do that more than with people with horses, you know, like, so I wouldn't do it with a horse, but I would do it with a human. So I got this person, you know, and it's usually that family member that upsets you, you know? Yeah. It's sort of, yeah, we can say a little bit of a grudge, but in the horse world, I don't like, a, you know, I, I don't. And, and this is where I think that good horsemanship, um, you can, you can apply not just for horses outside. I mean, it has helped me heaps, you know, through my upbringing and seeing violence and everything else, how you can apply even seeing the good in the bad. And I sound weird, but it's just the same. What good can come out of it? 
Um, and I think if you change that, like you were talking about biochemistry and, you know, sort of directing how your neurons and your cells, how you can reshape them and stuff like that, you can actually change your horse at a cellular level as well. So your anger and your your baggage, we can say, would change your horse at a, bio, you know, at a cellular level. It would affect it, you know. So that's why you see, you know, when you're calm and there could be a, a horse that is really nervous and just yeah. come there with a nice tone of voice and don't expect much and the horse would just settle down real quick. We've seen it with one of your horses last time I was there in one of the lessons where the horse to really calm down, even though I was trying to nip and bite, but not to me. It was like kind of when, thank God you're translating. You know, it was it's a little bit like that. So I think he was coming with that empty cup. And, and also seeing, you know, like the old saying, you know, glass of water. Is it half full or half empty? It's how you want to, so it's change of attitude, you know, sort of perception. So maybe to finish up for our listeners, what sort of questions can they ask themselves? Like if they're in a situation with their horse where all of a sudden their horse is a bit difficult to meet, what sort of questions or things can they think about themselves to try and work out where the breakdown might have been? Where can I buy another horse, Nina? Isn't <laughs> <laughs> that what people do? I don't like this when I get another one. So, <laughs> no, that's not the answer. Um, uh, yeah, where can I get another one? Look at the horse deals, it's like five, five hundred, six hundred pages long every day, every, every month. Um, yeah, what can they, what do, can they ask themselves or what can they be thinking about to try and work out what might have caused that? The cause the actual problem. I don't think uh, the main thing is not to not to overthink it. Like, don't know the reason why. So then the questions you're gonna ask, well, it's a fair question, you know. Like, being truthful to yourself, be truthful and go. Do I do enough? Do I do any groundwork with this horse? Do I just do, do I bring this horse there just for a brush and put him back? Um, or do I always bring the horse just for when he suits me to ride and then I chuck him because I gotta go and cook dinner and whatever you gotta do. That's the sort of questions you got to ask yourself. You know, remember you are in one of the first episodes we talked and you asked me, what does the horse get out of it? And I said, not much. Yeah, not much. Maybe a feed or something. But like, you know, we the ones that seem to benefit a lot more than the horse. You know, and, and this is not saying people are saying, oh, yeah, but I rug him and go hit his stables. That's, that's, a, that's a responsibility. Like I said, you know, that doesn't count kind of thing. You gotta be kind and provide good health and good environment for the horse, and then you're doing your part. That's the partnership part. Um, the things that you gotta ask yourself is, you know, be truthful. I said, what do I do every time I interact with my horse? Do I just bring it out and work him and then I put him back, or do I swap it around a little bit? Because you could be doing all the right things and the horse decides to still run away. I mean, um, walk away. That, that's nothing wrong with that. So. Just ask a question before you step into that paddock. The minute you picked up the halter or if you went without a halter just for a scratch on the horse or a rub or whatever, what is my mental state right now when I, when I go? I mean, maybe you can touch a little bit more, but it's actually, as one lady that now she says it all the time, she was struggling with the horse and I said, um, the Japanese call it Zazen, you know, I did martial arts when I was, you know, for a long time when I was young and then it's no mind. And I know we always thinking we I don't know human things like something like a ridiculous number of sixty thousand or more thoughts per day I don't know something crazy, 
Um, I guess someone can Google that. I don't know. But what sort of mind, what sort of a state of mind that I'm going? Have I got one hour to do everything I need to do? Well, that's probably the wrong thing to do. Um, now, I'm happy to go to the horse. Um, always comes to me. I can always catch it or touch him or meet him or whatever. And if it, you know, I don't even think what happens if he doesn't. Like I said, I don't, I don't take, don't take a what if with you. That's all. Leave the what if on the other side of the gate. That's my probably the advice. Go there with an empty mind and go. I'm gonna go meet my horse. Gonna put the holder and bring him out. If that doesn't work out, that's good. I gotta work on this now. I work a little bit harder. This horse trying to tell me something. Is, is, is he scared of me? Is he so? It doesn't respect me. But don't overthink it. Just, just you know, just focus on how do I get the how, how do I go now? How do I work on catching the horse? Yeah, and I think so maybe in the moment it's mostly about just checking in with yourself, you know, am I in the right mindset? And then if I'm not, maybe quickly readjust. But then afterwards I think for some people it might be quite helpful to just be thinking about what might have caused that, like especially if it's a reoccurring theme, like it might very well be that they always just work the horse really hard. Yeah, that, that's a question, you know, I said, am I overworking the horse? Am, am I, I always in a rush? Yeah, I was in a rush. Do I, you know, I make a habit, even you know, my, my poor horses, I don't get paid to ride my horses. Like I work, so, but even my horses, when I bring them out, I had you know, the dental work on Saturday, so that they come out and do the teeth, you know, once a year, and it's pretty intrusive and whatever. But after that, the horses, you know, on the lead, I make sure, well, you know, they have a little bit of green pig, little green grass, so they got a little kind of, you can say, you know, not reward for being good, but I don't just go, all right, here you go. I bring you out, get your teeth done, off you go again, you know, put him back in the paddock. Um, next time it'll be for worming or whatever you do for riding. So just um, look, yeah, ask yourself the question. I want, you know, what could be causing this? And if you're true to yourself, you will come with the answer really quickly. Yeah. And then if you're not sure, um, I think a little bit deeper and you'll find the answer because that you yeah. you know why. Yeah. And if not, you can, you can send me a, send us a message or an email or someone that can give me the right advice because sometimes you say, oh, I can't catch my horse. Is it all oh, stubborn? It's a chestnut. Is a thoroughbred and arab, a halflinger, whatever people don't, you know, there's always going to be a label for everything. So don't, don't, yeah. Thank you for the advice, but thank, thank you. What do you say? Yeah, no. One of the things that people say, yeah, no. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's just one of those things, you know, like just think of what can be causing this? And you will come, I can guarantee you will come with the answer. Like if I'm asking you on closing, when you couldn't catch your horse, if I said to you, why could be causing it? What do you think it was? Well, with, yeah, with my, with my mare, like that time, it was 100% her dynamics. Um, I definitely know. So some of the other times, well, cause it has happened once, like since she's been separated, um, that time I, know that because I know with my mare like I've gone through all those questions I know that I don't always just take I often give sometimes I just take her out give her a walk let her graze give her a brush sometimes we go for a walk sometimes I work her because she needs to lose weight so unfortunately for her she needs to exercise <laughs> um, but I also know with her she's a very dominant mare so sometimes it might just be if I walk up too quickly or not even she just needs to let me know that she gets a say in it as well and she will walk away for a you know do three canter strides 
turn around, look at me, and then I can go up and catch her. Okay. So you got the answer. And the part of I know her, I don't know really well because I started that horse for you. So she will go. I'm the most important thing in the universe, and then and then you go, yeah, whatever. Then that's why she decides to go. I'm, you know, and then you, exactly you had, but you got a technique. And what we discuss, what to do, and then she'll go. That's your consistency, though, because if you got mad and you didn't do it, so you 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 say you can do this every day. For I mean, I'll give you a quick example. I want to drag on. I told you this story. My, I had my horse for over twenty years, my pain mare. To this day, she's a very dominant mare. If I come with a biscuit of hay, she'll see me coming. She'll come to the fence and she'll pull. I told you the story. She'll pull on the ground for the last, I don't know, so 17, 18 years, saying, put the hay here, slave, right? And then, I, so I walk 10 meters the other way and I dump it, and then she has to come to the hay, and she's happy as anything. But for 17 years, a horse sees you coming with feet and go, here, I pull the ground because I want you to drop it here. Where I, And I go... Sorry, we're doing this for 17 years. You're still going to walk five minutes to the left or right, and then you can have your hurry. So that gives you an idea how consistent a horse can be. But if I just go in a hurry, go, oh, it's okay, I'll, I'll dump the hay, hay where she wants, I might not be able to catch her the next day. Yeah, because you'll go, oh, good, I call the shot. So your mate's doing a little bit of that. But Yeah, she's trying to, well, definitely. And I guess she's just assessing my leadership and my consistency. And neither do I. And I could have a carrot in my pocket and she's greedy as hell. So she would, you know, like I would be able to catch her and bribe her. But she knows that she can run away. She's free to run away if she chooses to. But then she'll run some more. And then she'll quickly decide that it's easier to actually cooperate with me. It's not different for the lower rank horse in the herd to say, I'm not going to do what you say. I'm, I'm not going to move out of your place. And then the horse gets kicked, beaten, pushed, and chased. And it'll be done with consistency to the horse. It goes, okay, I'm not allowed to get into somebody else's bubble and so on, right? So they learn, not the hard way, they learn the, the, the horse way. So it's the same with that. If, she, if she's got a bit of spirit, which I like on a horse, and he goes, no, nah, today I don't want to be caught or whatever, then you go, oh, run, run some more. Do some exercise anyway. You need it. Off you go. And then before you know it, like you said, three Kentish tries and they go, damn it, you know, she's so good. He's so consistent. And that's why you want to convince your horse that you're, you're just as consistent as they are. As a human, as a human, we like that. Yeah. And I think, again, you know, it, it doesn't, I don't mind, you know, and I think that's the mindset you have to have. And you mentioned that before. You're just going to take it as it comes. Most 99% of the time, she's the first one at the gate, you know, ready to go. But if it's a day where she's not, then that's okay too. You know, she doesn't have to be. And we just deal with it as it comes. Nothing is good or bad. It's only how you think it, you know. So, so the, you know, um, there's an old saying, nothing's good or bad, only think it, think it, make it so. So it's the same. So it is, you know, our human reaction is, I mean, we all like, you know, sort of you get a flat tire, you don't think, oh, that's good. You know, you got... You know, you start cursing and carrying on because you've got a flat tire. But that's a human nature. We just go, but in a way, what I do now, I got a flat tire. The other slashed the tire, actually. And it wasn't just full slash tire on a country road going to a lesson. And I go, well, that's a $500 tire on a four-wheel drive. I wasn't happy about that. But then I go, what good comes out of it? So even if I kid myself, I thought, oh, well, I get to uh, slow down for the day because now I have to take the tire and put a new tire on. So that was like an hour later. Um... 
So what's the good out of it? Nothing really, but you just convince yourself that something good came out of it. And then you go, well, I'm just listening to the birds and the cows in the distance and, you know. But yeah, it's just, it just a mindset. Just change your way. Um, and it takes practice, Nina, because trust me that I practice this every day. Not so much with the horses, outside horses. You know, can I bring the same patience away from horses to my everyday life away from horses where, yeah, I'm a little bit like a champion being outside horses. I have to do something all the time, but yeah. So yeah, just mindset. Just And uh, when things don't work out, don't put yourself down. Don't, don't talk yourself down. And if someone is putting you down because things are not working out for you, just find new friends or new advice. Yeah, I think let's leave it at that. It's a nice way to end this episode.